three, two, one. Welcome to today's episode of the Politipop Podcast, the podcast where we take your favorite pop culture media and discuss the social and political themes within. I am your host, Mike Booch, and I have with me today my good friend and returning co-host, Tyler. How you doing, Ty? I'm doing all right. I'm, uh, I'm doing okay. How are you? <laughs> as okay as can be expected. That's right. Ty was with me on our last episode, which was a deep dive into the movie Parasite. And we're returning for our second in this uh, class commentary trilogy. Uh, now, Ty, before we begin, I have, I have three questions. I want to get inside the mind of, of the one and only Tyler. So my first question for you is, what is the last movie you watched? Oh, this can get a little scary. Uh, it's called Tiger Tail. I watched it uh, yesterday. Any relation to Tiger King? <laughs> no, not at all. But it is oh, on Netflix. It. it is I on Netflix. It's a Netflix okay. exclusive, so there you go. What's it about? Um, it's about someone from Taiwan who winds up immigrating to America to live his dream life and uh, winds up not living the life he thought he would, being trapped in a loveless marriage and living with the consequences of his actions. Well, God damn. All right. And yeah. that's Tiger <laughs> Tail. Tiger Tail, yeah. Tiger Tail, awesome. What is the last video game you played? Uh, the last video game I played was Final Fantasy VII Remake. You know, I, I had a feeling I knew the answer, but I felt like asking anyway. How does it hold up to the original? Uh, it's awesome, man. I mean, it, it's very, very different. The gameplay is totally different, not turn-based anymore. Um, the graphics are incredible. What? It's not turn-based? Yeah, it's not turn-based. There's like a classic battle mode, but it's it's very like action-oriented. You can switch between characters and do different attacks. Um, they've really updated it for the modern gaming generation. But I mean, if you if you played the original, as soon as you see that that first uh, song hit in the, in the opening credits, oh, you'll man. hit the nostalgia, man. Oh, I can't wait! All right, and what was the last song or music you listened to? Oh man, um, I think it was uh, "Bad Moon Rising." Oh, by Credence Clearwater Revival? <laughs> yeah, I listen to, uh, when I'm really depressed, I listen to a lot of Halloween music on uh, Pandora, <laughs> and that's one of my favorites on there, and I think that was one of the last ones that came on that I, that I remembered clearly singing to myself in the car. That's pretty good. I like that. All right, cool. So, now that we got deep into your psyche, we're going to get deep into this movie, The Platform. Uh, Parasite was... Not super subtle in its discussions of of uh, class issues and class warfare. Uh, this one takes things and makes it a little more extreme and kind of hits you upside the head with it. Do you want to give him the plot? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll just say you know, Parasite had some had some deep messages. It could be a dark film, but this movie takes it to like the next level. Uh, Unintended. <laughs> Ooh, I'll take it. Nice. So basically, the plot of the platform is there's a place called the Hole where they're not too clear on it. I don't know if it's, it could be prisoners or people can voluntarily go in exchange for like a diploma or some sort of, I guess, other thing they can get. Um, and basically two people on each level um, live together, right? For 30 days for a full month. And a platform of food goes down from the first level all the way down. 
and the people can eat as much as they want in two minutes. And whatever's left as it gets to the next level, that person eats it. Now, at the beginning of the movie, we don't know how many levels there are to the hole. Or the I put the pit in my notes. I'm not sure. Might have been the version I watched compared to you. Did it's you definitely the hole, according to IMDb. Oh, that's why. Okay, so I, I watched the subbed version. No, not the sub. The I watched the dubbed version. So did I, actually. <laughs> oh, okay, because in the dubbed, I know they called it the pit. Yeah, I, so, think it, um, I think that was like the when you click on it on Netflix, it starts with the dub. You have to change it if you want to watch the sub version. All right. So so let's get right to it. At the beginning of this movie, we have a young man named Goreng. That's it? Goreng, yeah. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Goreng. And he wakes up in this, for lack of a better word, cell with uh, with this older man. And what, what's his name again? His name is Trimagasi. Trimagasi. That's right. So we... <laughs> So we see him wake up in this room with this older man named Trimagasi, and they are roommates or cellmates, however you want to put it. And they are on what level? It was in the 40s, right? I think it was 45 or 48. Okay, so so they're in this this level in the in the mid 40s, and we find out basically how the pit or we find out how the hole works. They're put in this compound in this program with no access to anything on the outside like they're not allowed to bring their phones or anything they only get one object to bring inside with them right yeah that's true but i I don't know is it not a prison because you do you know they do reveal that people are put there as a punishment yeah it's so it's a little gray that way i think like you can go there voluntarily or sometimes you are put there as a punishment yeah it, it seems though no one really understands what they're getting themselves into because uh, Goring, you know, he voluntarily comes here, but he has no idea what he what he's in for. Maybe the whole thing is a commentary on the appropriation of certain cultures and realizing that what might be something you just do for recreation might be hell for somebody else. Mm, that's interesting. You know, for example, people going camping, right? They live outside for the fun of it. Homeless people live outside because they have to. Yeah, that's valid. All right, let's say that's what it is. And they each get an object to bring in, but other than that, they don't have any access to anything. The main character, Goring, he brings a copy of Don Quixote because he wants to catch up on reading while he's there. He thinks it's a great opportunity. I think he's also trying to quit smoking, so he feels like it's a cool place to to be isolated, read his book. Uh, He's going to get a a degree, right? They promise him a diploma. So for him, it's like a no-brainer. It's a win-win-win, according to him. And it's only six months, you know? I mean, that's that's huge, right? Six months, he gets the gets a diploma, gets to quit smoking, and read his book. And some people are in there for much longer than that. And in this room, there is a huge hole in the center. And through this hole is where the platform comes down. And the platform starts on level zero, where they make all of this amazing food. They have these incredible chefs who are held to these high standards to create uh, delicious, delectable meals. And in each level, people are allowed to eat whatever they want. And as it goes down, clearly the platform doesn't have as much food. And the whole idea is that uh, not everybody gets what they need because the people up top eat too much. And so the people down below never have a chance to get the food they need. Yeah, it's not very subtle in its message, but uh, it, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, the first time the platform arrives and Goring's just... He's so disgusted by it. He's like, oh, they've been picking at it. You know, like this is leftovers. I don't want to eat this. And Trimagasi's like, well, you better. You better eat it because you're not getting any more food till tomorrow. Yeah. And the interesting thing also is that they have a month to be in this cell and then they get knocked out by some sleeping gas. And the next month they wake up in a completely different level and they don't know what level they're going to be on. 
Yeah, I think that's honestly the best part of this film. I think that really pushes the plot, obviously, and and the messages really, really well. Because, you know, you may be on floor five for one month, and then you don't know what floor. You could be on floor 75 the next day, the next month, you know? So it, it, it really, you really have no idea where you're going to wind up. All right, so let's let's pretty much take this thing from the beginning to the end. One interesting thing I found out about this is that it seems like no matter where people are, there's always somebody above them and somebody below them. Yeah, but you're not supposed to interact with them, right? Like uh, I think uh, Goring tries to talk to them, and and Trimagasi tells him, no, 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 don't talk to them. You know, the people above you aren't going to talk to you. Don't you talk to the people below you. Exactly. And just because the people above aren't going to treat you well means you shouldn't treat the people below you any better. Yeah, it's this horrible cycle that seems to just repeat and repeat and repeat where everyone is just cruel to the person below them. And what I also found interesting was that it seems like no matter where you are, unless you're at the absolute bottom or the absolute top, you kind of feel like you're middle class because somebody always has it better than you and somebody is always going to have it a little worse than you. So it makes, no matter where you are, you could be one level uh, above the the lowest one, but you'll still be like, oh, well, I have it better than that person. I'm middle class. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it, it's really interesting that at any time these people could just work together and help the, themselves out. And they never do. They always work against their own self-interest. Yeah, and it seems interesting that only one guy chose to bring a rope with him as his object. Yeah, yeah. I think they mentioned most people pick weapons, right? A crossbow, a knife, uh, this, a bat, whatever it is. Like, most people choose weapons. So, you know, I, I, I don't know... I don't know how much knowledge these characters are supposed to have of the situation, but most people go in there thinking, all right, like... I'm, I'm going to hurt somebody, I guess, while I'm in here. Yeah, clearly Gorang didn't know what he was getting into because he brought a book. He didn't bring a weapon. He thought it was going to be basically like a vacation, like a rehab or something. Yeah, and everyone, I think, is constantly judging him for that. They're like, you know, you brought a book. Like, What were you thinking? You could have picked anything. You picked a book to bring with you? Are you crazy? <laughs> so we have Trimagasi. You already mentioned how he'll literally pee on the people in the floor below him. He also spits on the platform after it leaves his level and Gorang's like, why are you doing that? And he's like, Oh, cause the people above definitely spit on our food. And he's like, what if next month those people are above us? He's like, then they'll spit on us too. They'll piss on us too. You know, the bastards. And uh, yeah, you, you mentioned it before. It's just a cycle that's going to keep repeating. Yeah. It's interesting to me that Goring sees this right away. You know, he, he's like, well, this doesn't make sense to abuse the people below us. We don't know where they're going to be. They could be the ones right above us. If we treat them right, maybe they'll treat us right. But to everyone else, his roommate, Trimagasi included, it's like, no, this is what they do. You know, everyone above you is always going to be a bastard. And so we have to be a bastard to the people below. And that kind of brings me back to the cookie story from uh, from last week where I mentioned that woman was like, oh, well, I had to work super hard in order to go through college. These next people shouldn't have it easier than I have it because I had it so bad. Yeah, exactly. It's that constant, you know, instead of working with the people who – are almost in the same, you know, situation as you or even slightly below you. You're you're always blaming them, you know, for your problems and taking it out on them when it could easily be remedied by just, you know, helping each other out. Now, it seems like nobody really has a problem with this system, or at least the first person to have a problem is Goring, right? He he brings up how how ridiculous this whole idea is. Um and but the system's so bad, but people just want to keep it the same because they have a chance to be on that higher level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, the idea that you're going to be able to pick whatever food you want, 
You know, and, and, and like, I think it's important to note the food's not, not just like junk food. It is extravagant cuisine. Like top chefs, chefs are working for this and they're making the food. Um, and when they interview you, they ask you what your favorite food is. So it's going to be put into the menu. So like this, this food is going to be really, really good. And so the people at the top, they just, they gorge themselves on it. Yeah. And it seems like, to me at least, that this whole thing is a view of capitalism. That you have the chance to one day be up top. So people are like, all right, well, as long as that chance is there, you know, I'll take it. Even though next month I could be on level 200 and not get any food, but I could also be on like level 20 and 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 have my pick of it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they don't explicitly say this in there either, but um, it appears like they're being watched. Because if you keep some food from the platform, they try to kill you, right? They either, like, put freezing cold temperature on your level or super hot. You know, I think Goring keeps, like, an apple or something to himself. And Trimagasi's like, ah, if you don't throw it away, we're going to die, you know? So that's, like, the only interaction they ever have, you know, is the platform and if you keep the food. And nobody ever never talks to them, reacts to them, nothing. Like, it's like there's always somebody watching, though. And I, I always thought that was kind of an interesting concept. And that, that totally made me think about the idea of being able to save money. Because in saving food, Goring's like, all right, I might not be hungry now. I'll save up some food and, you know, I'll be good for later. Or maybe, you know, if it's the end of the month and you save some food, you'll be good to go to whatever next level you end up on. But no, they make it literally impossible for you to save. It's like you die or or you just take whatever you can at the moment. Saving is not an option for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, as I was watching, I wondered... Is it random the floor they put you on the next month, or are they they judging your actions? Because Goring tries to be pretty pretty kind, you know. He he kind of forms a good relationship with Tremagasi, and you know he tries not to give in to the to the stereotypes of how people act there. And they seem to get punished, right? They get put to like a much lower floor. So I wonder, was that random, or were they constantly testing people? Oh, that's such a good idea. I never thought of that actually. Yeah, because every time he like gave in, you know, to a little bit to the system, they gave him a better floor the next month. Wow. That's something else. And as long as you end up being on a better floor, you don't care where anybody else is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the I think the only character that really seems to care is that woman, right? The uh, was it an immigrant woman, right? Who rides the platform down the center. Did they mention that she was an immigrant in the movie? Yeah, because uh, Trimagasi. Uh, so, you know, you find out the reason he's in there is because he was obsessed with, uh, with products, right? New products. He was always watching like commercials on TV for new products. Like one of those like home shopping networks. Yeah. And yeah. He, like a QVC style. Yeah, exactly. Device. Right. So he buys this, uh, I think it was like a knife sharpener. It's supposed to sharpen like any knife, right? Like it, it can sharpen any knife, you know, any kind of knife at all. It'll never, never dull if you use this sharpener. And then the next day they release a knife that never dulls. And he's like, oh, those bastards, they got me. And they got me to buy this, you know. It's unbelievable. And, and he, was, <laughs> he was so angry that he, he, you know, he's blaming the people on the, on the commercial, not himself. He throws his TV outside. And what happens? It falls on an immigrant. And he kills the immigrant. And what does he say? He's like, well, he should have never been there in the first place. He was, you know, he's a filthy immigrant. He shouldn't have been there. And they tie that back in later with that girl riding the platform. 
Oh, and there you go. And we find out what she does a little bit later on. Yeah. Uh, but just a little bit on that, that anti-immigrant sentiment is, uh, it's so funny how this is a Spanish film, but they were able to get that same sentiment that we have here in America. Because you hear about the children that are being kept in cages at the border and uh, and them and other people immigrants who come here dying from from the flu or or whatever else and you know now it's probably covid but like if you talk to somebody who is totally anti-immigrant they'll be like well they knew the risks when they came here they shouldn't have they shouldn't have come here in the first place that they were sick so if they die they die like as long as they're not an american citizen even if they're a child it doesn't matter yeah absolutely they blame them it's their fault you know they shouldn't have been here they shouldn't have tried to come here so yeah, he does share that that same sentiment, which uh, I I found uh, very surprising, because like I said, maybe it's not just an American sentiment. I mean, it definitely isn't. I mean, I I think that almost every country in the world you find this, you know, no matter where you are, if, if anyone's different than the than the, the majority, they they judge you. You know, it just it just depends on where you are and and you know, what kind of person they're judging. Now, one thing I noticed about Goring is that he's one of the few people who are a part of this system that actually have a problem with it. And it seems like the majority of people, no matter how victimized they are by it, they still say, oh, well, you know, this is the default. It's better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you find out like Trimagasi, for example, has been here for quite some time. He's running towards the end of his sentence. I think he's in the last two or three months. Um and it, it does make you wonder, were other people like this in the beginning? Or are they just so broken down by the system around them that they just give into it? They just begin to accept it. And that was such a mirror of where our world is right now, our country specifically, is that we're seeing the pitfalls of capitalism over and over and over again. You know, originally it was, oh, well, people would save more money if they didn't go out to eat. And now people aren't going out to eat and the economy is imploding. And and people are losing their minds. You know, it it's it's so interesting to see that. But people are holding on so tightly uh, to ca- to a capitalist ideology. Yeah, I mean, people are literally fucking dying, and and people don't seem to really they don't care. They don't want to change the system. They don't think it needs to be changed. You know, they want to earn their money, so to speak. Right? Yeah, you know, that's that's, that's a big thing. I want to earn my money. And there was an NPR article uh, that's that had a poll on it talking about how popular Bernie Sanders was getting. This was back in February, how popular he was getting, yet socialism still didn't have great ratings with most Americans. Yeah, well, it is interesting because they've done polls, though, too, asking people, like, for example, about health care for all, right? They, it actually is popular. Like, the majority of people that they, they interviewed and asked about this wanted it for all. But they, they felt that Bernie Sanders wasn't an electable candidate. That's where the problem came in. Like, it, it, it's not even so much about the policy of socialism. It's about, you know, this idea of they, they've made it so it's like, you know, Trump versus whoever the Democratic candidate is. And I think people are, aren't even paying attention to the policies as long as it's someone that isn't a Republican, you know, isn't Trump. They're going to go for them. Yeah, that, that really does seem to be the way. Uh, just want to bring up another uh, bit about socialism while we're on it. You know, people like their system because it's better than the unknown, right? But we do find out that there are socialist countries and they are very well known. Uh, you can find our show notes and sources uh, on our WordPress site after the podcast. Uh, but I did find a, a really interesting article about uh, successful socialist countries. 
It said that Bolivia has drastically cut extreme poverty and has the highest GDP growth rate in South America. And there are other countries that have adopted and enacted socialist ideas and policies, uh, and they've seen success, like uh, Norway, Finland, Sweden, Denmark, Great Britain, Canada, the Netherlands, Spain being one of them also, and uh, and a few others. So I really wonder why there are so many people who are are vehemently against it. Yeah, I mean, I, I it, it's hard to. I think people don't understand socialism. I think that's where the the core of this comes from. Um, you know, a lot of people think that it is the same as communism, and they don't really understand communism either. You know, um, very true. Yeah, and I think that's where it comes from. People people don't understand the core concepts of it. You know, and I think socialism comes down to it. It's not taking away wealth from people. It's it just making things a little more equal and giving you know the people. Uh, ownership over things a little bit, you know, rather than having all like these private sectors controlling everything, the people, you know, own a little bit more. And I think that people don't, most people don't understand that. They don't get it. They hear socialism, they go right to communism. They think, you know, Russia back in the day, uh, North Korea, China, you know, it it has a stigma, but those are all abominations. They're all, they're not all not accurate versions of what communism was even supposed to be. And socialism is not the same. Yeah, and that was something I I saw when I watched a video recently. They were talking about the difference between socialism and communism, and they said that there actually haven't been any true communist countries. Yes, I, I, I agree with that. Absolutely. There has not been a true communist country. Yeah, and a big part of it was just that, uh, you know, the government was still controlling everything and within that government are corrupt people and that was the problem and of course we also see that there are uh, some socialist countries the biggest one right is venezuela everybody brings up venezuela oh well look what happened in venezuela look what happened in this country look what happened in that country while completely discounting the fact that the u.s has interfered in so many foreign elections and in so many other countries economies that it it makes it impossible to to have a successful uh, socialist country there Agree. Like, and, you know, history is written by the winners, right? So America, America is writing what happened to Venezuela. They're the ones deciding what, what you hear. You know, they don't mention, um, you, you know, how, how they've damaged them so much and how they've made it almost impossible for them to recover, you know, economically with the sanctions they put on the country. I mean, it's, it's brutal. It really is. Back to Goring real quick. We noticed that he goes in six months voluntarily just so he could get a degree. His cellmate, Trimagasi, he actually seems pretty upset by that because he's like, oh, well, I've been here for almost a year and I'm not getting a degree. Yeah, absolutely. He's very angry. But you find out Trimagasi's not there really of his own. I mean, he is of his he's own free not will. There of, you know, I, yeah, I guess. He, you're right. he was given an option, right? I think it was an insane asylum or here after he, after he threw the TV out the window. And he chose here. But it is a punishment. You know, like he's, he's not here to earn a degree. He's here to be punished for murder. And in a way, it seems like Goring is also being punished because six months versus four years, right? Like he's trying to take the easy way out and he's definitely getting punished for it. Yeah. I mean, I I think you can almost consider it like student loan debt. You know what I mean? Like he can't he can't escape escape it. He thinks it's going to be easy. He thinks it's going to be fine. He's going to have his degree and move on, you know, but that that thing's always hanging over him, that that debt that he has to pay. And that's, you know, living in this prison almost and surviving. And that's really what I think it is in real life, right? It seems like we are getting punished for pursuing higher education because you do hear there are a lot of boomers who are like, well, if you couldn't afford it, you shouldn't have went to college. But 
what kind of a job can I get if I don't go to college? Oh, well, you can get a trade job. You can go to trade school, which is much cheaper. But right now, there are so many uh, you know, unions that are being undercut and have to fight in order to get work. You know, it's just a lose-lose situation. And I, th- I feel like growing up, people, they hammered into you. You got to go to college. You got to get a degree. You got to get a real job, you know. That, that's what they tell you and tell you and tell you so that when you get there, it'll, you know, you feel like you have to. You know, now you have, what, a, a 17-year-old kid having to pick the, what they want to do with the rest of their life. I mean, Which, <laughs> how many great decisions did you make at 17, you know? <laughs> Not too many. And now, you know, it's like, all right, you're going to choose to go $50,000 in debt or more to to get a degree. I mean, that's that's kind of insane for someone that age to have to make that decision. The financial aid advisor who helped me out when I went to my, for my first year of college literally told me as I signed off on my loans, she said, you just signed away the rest of your life. Yeah. And I laughed. I was like, ha, ha, ha. I mean, kind of a fucked up thing to say, but. Like, <laughs> but but being but it's, real, I guess, you know. But it is true. It really is. And being on the other side of it, because I used to work in higher education, my job is to convince a bunch of high school kids to put themselves in debt. But it was like the better version of it because it was going to our school instead of going to another school that would yep. charge you more. It's like army recruiting. It. You yeah. know, it's almost oh, like, you know, hey, look, you know, this is going to set you up for the rest of your life. Come on, you know, join us. It's great. Let's tell you all the perks. But they don't tell you the bad parts, right? You don't. I don't think you sit down with people and like, listen, you're going to get this education. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a job in your field. Doesn't necessarily mean you're ever going to be able to pay off these loans. You know, you don't. You don't break that down for them. That's that's the stuff they don't want to talk about. And another thing that they don't want to talk about in this movie is Goring's idea. He can't be the first to have it, but he is going to spend this whole movie trying to enact it that food should be rationed. So that way everybody gets to have some. And Trimagasi calls him a communist for just believing in basic human rights, which is also the trend, right? And I think you see this this constantly throughout the film, you know, um, not to jump ahead too much, but he gets another roommate later on who who wants to instill this in people, right? She wants to make everyone ration and, and do the right thing. And she worked for the people who would put you here. She was the one who interviewed uh, interviewed Goreng. But she didn't even understand. She didn't understand like the the ramifications. I think of of what she was doing, sending these people here. So much like you know, you as a recruiter, she was recruiting people here. Yep, absolutely. And you know, while I did have to go through higher education before I worked there and got other people to do it, I don't know what those kids' lives are like now. Yeah, I mean, you have no idea where they are, what they're doing. Now, do you think that? the older generation is a bit afraid of the next generation. I think they think they know better. They, they know better than, than the generation before them. You know, they, they, we've lived through it. We've lived through all this stuff. We know you're, you're young, you're naive, you know, um, you don't know what's best for you. Right. That's why, that's what I've heard a lot with, you know, for example, like voting for Bernie Sanders, you know, a lot of older Democrats are saying, no, no, that's not what you want. You know, I'm, I'm protecting you by not voting for him. You know, I'm going to give you Joe Biden. He He's what you really need. You know, they think that uh, he he's what we're looking for. He's not going to fundamentally change anything. You know, he's going to keep things the same. But I think there comes a point where, and this happens, I think, in every generation where the youth just, they need something more. And we're at a point now where the world is collapsing around us. You know, the youth is tired of just accepting the bare minimum. That's what Bob Dylan says in his song, right? The times they are changing. Yep. He, he, you know, he does say that to, to older generations. He goes, don't criticize what you can't understand. Uh, you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone. 
the times they are changing. Like you better start moving along with things. And if you don't, then you're getting left behind. That's yeah. basically it. And that's that's honestly what it's always been with history, right? Like our parents, the generation before them were like, whoa, you guys are too radical, blah, blah, blah. And the generation before them, same thing. And it's it just seems to be the natural course of things. Yeah, I mean, I've heard you know, you're a Democrat when you're young, you're a Republican when you're old, you know, because almost like then you really get to see the world. You understand that those those radical changes aren't possible and aren't needed. But I, I mean, I don't buy into that. I don't believe that. I think that's just the what, what the what the government, what people want you to believe, and so many people follow that trend that they just keep falling into it. I think it's definitely more of a class thing too, right? If I end up being an older person, but I have money, yeah, I'm. You know, I I might be more inclined to vote Republican, um, not you know, in a very hypothetical sense, but but you know, I think that's why people are. They want to protect what they have. Well, yeah, I mean, if you've, if you've struggled your entire life and you have managed to save some money and, and get a nice, you know, and, and live a pretty decent life by the time you're, I don't know, 60, 65, you know, maybe it's not in your own self-interest anymore to vote for a, a more liberal or, or leftist, you know, candidate. Maybe, you know, you, you do, you're, you're aligned with that Republican or, or conservative person more. And like I, you know, I get that. It's that's what that's what you're, it was best for you now. But people forget, you know, where they came from and, and why they had a struggle to get there. And think, well, what about my kids and their kids? Or why do we have to make it a struggle for them too? Yeah, and this whole sentiment really uh, comes through when Trimagasi is, uh, you know, we mentioned it before. He's pissing and spitting on the lower levels, and he's like, well. If they end up on top, they'll do the same thing to me, so I might as well do it now. Like, he really does seem to be afraid of losing his power and when other people get it, what they're going to do. So he's like, I might as well break these people. I might as well do the mean thing before the mean thing gets done to me. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't want to break that. So he's almost done, right? He's almost at the end of his yeah. of his time here. Why break the system now? He's already been through it for so long. Just keep it. You know, let me just ride it out and then I'll be done. I'll retire, you know, for example. Yeah. I'll get my social security. I'm good. There's there's no reason to rock the boat anymore. I'm at the end of that. That's not my problem. Exactly. But Goring's, he's a young man, uh, obviously probably an intelligent man. You know, he he chooses, uh, you know, uh, what Don Quixote as his book, you know, not not some pulpy, pulpy story. You know, he wants to read like a really intelligent book and he wants to get a diploma. So he obviously has you know, things that he wants to go for in his life. And this is kind of unrelated, but it brought me back to uh, The Breakfast Club. There's this conversation between... <laughs> I, I know, right? F- follow me here. There's this conversation between Carl and Vernon. It's the uh, school custodian and the teacher who has The Breakfast Club in detention. And and they're having this conversation. And Vernon, you know, don't mess with the bull, get the horns. That teacher, he says you know what, this generation is going to end up taking care of us when we're older, and that wakes me up at night. That's, like that's he's a beautiful thing to say. Yeah, it's true. so scared of, of what might be done once, you know, the younger generation is, is in power, basically. You know, and he, maybe he shouldn't be scared. You know, like, I don't, you know, I think there's that sentiment that these younger people don't know what they want, but maybe we are right. You know, maybe we do know what's right for the for the world, and they should. You know, they should be happy we're going to take care of them, and by you know supporting us, they'll ensure that we're able to help them when they're older. Now, what did you get from this moment where somebody actually jumps from one of the upper levels and kills themselves? Yeah, I think Tremagasi says to Goring, 
Um, you know, some people, they get so bored up, up in the upper levels. They, <laughs> they can't take it. So they, they wind up jumping. So they, they have this plethora of food, right? They, they're not going to starve. They're going to make it through the month and they still kill themselves. And it's almost like, is that struggle to survive, to fight for your survival, what keeps you going a little bit? I, you know, I, I don't know. It, it was definitely, definitely unexpected. I think in some cases it can be. Like, I don't want to struggle that much, but also, like, when you get to the end of a video game, right? It, it was a struggle, and it was so great playing the game. But now, once you've beaten it, you've gotten all of your achievements. You may, might have beaten it on hard mode. What else is there? You kind of get that little pain inside of you, right? Yeah, it's like an emptiness, you know? And I, and I think that's the same with people who, you know, how many people wind up retiring, and they go back to work? They can't take being home. They're bored. Like yep. they need something to keep them going. Or how many people end up being super successful and now that they do have that money and they don't have the hustle to distract them, that's when all of their problems set in. That's when they're like, oh, well, I never uh, I never tackled this depression that I have. And you see really successful people end up killing themselves. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, one thing Trimagasi says to Goring is I don't think you're going to make it up there. Like, I don't think you're going to make it through this. You know, like, yeah, I think he told, he tells me he has too kind of a heart. That he doesn't have what it takes to get through this situation. And, you know, we see that with the immigrant girl that rides down the platform. Because she looks injured or, or like, bloody or, you know, something's happened. And Goring immediately wants to help her. You know, he that's, that's to her age. Yeah, that's his, that's his first instinct. I was like, well, somebody's in need. I can help them. Let me help them. Trigger is like, no, 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 don't touch her. You know, don't, don't even go near her. And I think she gets to the next level and she's attacked by the people down there. And Goring wants to jump down and save her, you know? And, and Trigger is like, go ahead, jump. You know, it's like, what, 15 feet or something like that. He's like, go ahead, jump down there. See if you can help her. And then he begins to tell the story of her to him. And what is her story again? That she is trying to find her son or something? Uh, I believe it's her daughter. She's trying to find her daughter or her child, right? She's trying to find yeah. her child. Supposedly she's, she has a child here and uh, she kills her roommate every month so that the next month she can hopefully be put with her with her child on the same floor. Um, and, you know, Trimagasi says she's she's a killer. And what do we see? I think I believe she kills the guys in the level below. Yep. They attacked her and then she ends up killing them. And it's kind of like, all right. Is that what Goreng is going to have to become in order for him to make it through these six months? Yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good idea of hey maybe you know being a nice guy isn't going to work here. Now we also see that Goreng falls into the pattern of things, just like a lot of us do. It kind of reminds me of the Trump administration. How like I was in such shock through all of 2016 and then 2017. And eventually, like, you just kind of fall into complacency. Like, you're like, listen, I'm not going to make any direct changes right now. I'm too busy trying to survive in my life. You just kind of get used to things. And that seems to happen to Gorang. He, he becomes really good friends with Trimagasi. And, um, and he, you know, they're both, like, reading Don Quixote to each other. Uh, they're both uh, just walking around naked, stretching, doing yoga. It's, it's ridiculous, but it's a little funny, too. It is. And, you know, I, I think a lot of this comes from like relating to like what you said about the Trump uh, administration is people not understanding the system and how it's stacked against us. You know, it, it's definitely it's not a fair system. Right. So so what happens here? Trimagasi and Goring become friends. Um, the month is up. 
and they wake up on the next floor. And what's happened? Trimagasi has now turned on Goring, right? He's tied him up. He says, we're on a lower floor. We're not going to get any food. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to eat you. I'm going to have to cannibalize you. This is what you do. And like the system takes you, right? As soon as you have like camaraderie, they turn you against each other. And what's wild about this is that Trimagasi believes that he is being merciful to Goring. He says like, listen, I'm going to tie you up. I'm going to go this many days without eating you. And if food comes down, it comes down. Uh, if it doesn't, then I'll start taking pieces off of you. It's going to hurt, but you'll survive. You can even eat some and then we'll both survive. And that's how we're going to get through this. Like he has a plan in order to make it through this. And he thinks it's the most logical way, which I mean, it kind of is if you've been in the hole long enough. Yeah. You have no it's other the only way. option. Yes, this, this makes sense. We have to eat each other. It's just what we have to do. And he's, you know, he's not a bad guy. He's like, I'm not going to let you die. I'm going to stop the bleeding. You know, it's going to we're going to get through this together. You know, we're, we're going to eat as little of you as we have to, to make it out, you know, just accept it. And, and Goring obviously does not want to be cut up and eaten. So he's trying to fight against it. And then sure enough, as he's about to get that slice taken off of him, I think he actually does get a slice taken off of him. Well, yeah, I mean, this is after the platform comes down, what, eight days in a row, I think, and there's no food left. And they're on, what, level 175, I think? I think they're on 171. So Yeah, okay, 171. Where if everyone ate a reasonable amount of food, there would be more than enough for them to survive off of. But all it ever is is empty plates and, and glass and empty bottles. Yes. And we see this, uh, the woman who goes down to every level trying to find her kid. So she ends up saving Goring by coming down just in the nick of time, stabbing Trimagasi a couple of times. But she doesn't kill Trimagasi. She actually uh, frees Goring and gives Goring the knife yeah, to take absolutely. care of this and save himself. And what what an image, because to me, that's all about like, listen, we're at a point at this moment where we can't expect anybody else to save us. Like we're going to have to we're going to have to unite because Goring and this immigrant woman have nothing in common except for the fact that they're both suffering together. So maybe they have everything in common and we're going to have to find our own means to, you know, to, to gain our freedom. You know, it's a horrible situation, but. The fact that Goring showed compassion for just a moment to her winds up saving him. You know, that that's his moment. Because maybe if he hadn't helped her or tried to help her earlier in the film, I don't know if she would have saved him. But I think she feels like, you know, he showed that compassion. Maybe she wants him to live too. And, and she kind of tries to help him be like, listen, this is what you got to do to make it through this. Well, yeah, they had a bit of a rapport because he treated her like a human being. Yep. And instead of like competition. And in that she was able to help him later on. That actually uh, reminds me of uh, a Greek mythology trope that they would put in a lot of their stories was that if you saw somebody who was down on their luck, like a beggar or something, or somebody on the side of the road, if you decided to help them, you usually did it because there's a chance that that person could be a god in disguise who was testing you. Oh, that's interesting. And in doing so, like, he and you would end up passing that test. And it seems like Goring passed this test as well. Somebody was able to come and help him uh, because he just treated them like a person. He recognized them as a person who was stuck in the same terrible conditions. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, Goring unfortunately does take the knife and he murders Trimagasi. And uh, I think they wound up eating him, right? Yep. 
They because it's been eight days at this point, so they decide to you know feed on him for as long as they have to. I don't even think he eats him immediately. I think some more time passes, right? Like he doesn't want to eat him, but she winds up giving him a piece, and he's so hungry that. He just winds up eating it. Yes, and I think they show him eating the maggots off of uh, Trimagasi's dead body, too. Yep. Because, you know, I mean, they have some nutrition in them, but, like, that's what he ends up eating because, like, he's so hesitant to eat the human. He's so hesitant to do what he has to do to survive. Do you think it's the system's fault or the individual's fault for being driven to this kind of madness out of desperation? Ah, uh, that's a tough one. I, I, You know, I think at the end of the day, Everyone has to make their own choices, but when the system is is so corrupt and they don't give you any kind of options, it's hard not to fall into that. You know, I, I think you see that all around the world. Like, how do you you feel so overwhelmed? How do you break that cycle? And I get why people just follow it. Now it seems like the way to break that cycle in this movie, uh, they kind of make you believe at first that it's going to be knowledge that the way to do it is you have to educate yourself. And they show that with Goreng. His item isn't a knife. Uh, it's not a rope. It's not a crossbow. He chooses a book. Yeah, and he, you know he's seeking higher education. And if he actually ends up on a higher level, it also counts as higher education. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, now, do you want, now, how do you feel about that in real life, though? Do you believe that knowledge is, is what we need? Do we, or do we need weapons? Or do we need both? Um, I, you know, I think... It, it depends on the world, you know, like t today weapons wouldn't help us that that's not that's not what we need. We need knowledge because, you know, people who vote for Donald Trump, for example, if you if you interview them, if you see them being talked to, they don't understand the way what the, the world works. Are. Yeah, they don't they just don't even understand the policies, you know, like they, they, they listen to what they're told. They don't have any kind of critical thinking. And that's so important today. To, to have that kind of thinking, to do your own, do actual research, not just listen to a Facebook post or, or what, you know, Fox News or, or, or Fox CNN News, yeah. says, even CNN, you know, like they have self-interest. They're not telling you what you should know. It's who's paying them, who who's lining their pockets with money. And I think when you have knowledge, when you start to see the world, I mean, like you and me, for example, I think 2016 was shocking for both of us, but even over the last few years, our eyes have opened to the world a little more and I don't think it's as surprising. You know what I mean? Like I won't be shocked if Donald Trump gets reelected. I, in oh, fact, yeah. I expect it, you know? Yeah. And I think it's, it's so much more than just Donald Trump. It's, it's an issue with, with the system, with the corruption. And the more you learn about those things, um, the, the more you can understand the world and, and what, what people need. Because it does seem like, if people are more knowledgeable, the difference they can make is by going to the polls. Absolutely. And it, and the idea, maybe the polls are are not fair either. You know, there's voter suppression, things like yep. that. So we need people, smart people, to figure out how to fix the system. You know, and whether it's you're running for um, some sort of office, uh, you know, or, or just trying to help in some way, you know, I think the reason I like Bernie Sanders so much is that he wouldn't accept money from super PACs, you know, and he wanted to fix the system. And then you have people who are like AOC, right? Who's like yeah. young, up and coming. Um, she's on the cuffs. It could go either way. But right now she is trying to make a difference. You know, she has a voice. The media likes her. Um, you know, it's people like that that can really make or break the system if they, if they refuse to be bought and use the knowledge to educate more people.
And what really blows me away about people that might have lacked that knowledge uh, beforehand is that they voted for Trump and there are people who voted for him that are seeing what he's been doing in his presidency and are like, oh, well, I can't believe he did this. And that is so surprising to me because to you and I, it seems like we knew exactly who he was going into this. Yeah, There's, absolutely. At no point did he hide the absolute subhuman piece of shit that he was. At no point did he hide the fact that he was not qualified in the slightest or how inept he would be. Like, that was never a surprise. So I'm guessing you didn't vote for him. That is a solid guess. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yes, yeah. I, I did not vote for him. At the time, I went for the lesser of two evils uh, and voted for Hillary, which is not something I'll be doing this time either. You know, I, I I banked on the system last time, just like just like Goring at the beginning of the platform. I believed in the system and I fell into it and thought it would do the right thing eventually. But, I, you know, I've ended up like a lot of people on the lower levels right now. And, you know, I'm I'm ready to, to you know, do what Goring decides to do next. He doesn't trust in the powers above. He ends up trusting in himself. Absolutely. And it, it comes down to are you going to keep accepting the system they tell you, you know, are you just going to follow it? Are you going to vote for the lesser of two evils? Or are you going to send a message that we will not accept any evil, right? <laughs> like, why does it have to be the lesser of two evils? Why can't we do better? Like, we can do so, so much better if you just allow us to, you know? And there's just, there's just so much corruption in the world and our government that you see this. And it's a, this movie is a great reflection of that. And with this trusting in himself, he decides to, uh, Think of think of an idea, uh, concoct a plan. And he gets told after making up this plan that change never happened spontaneously. And that spoke to me on this level because it was like this huge Biden textbook quote. He said it after uh, a debate one night while he was being interviewed and was still able to form uh, some full sentences. <laughs> and he said, uh, he said, you know, people don't want a revolution. They, you know, they want some progress, but they don't, you know, they don't, they don't want a revolution. They just want things to kind of stay the same way they were. And that seems to be the case with, with what's going on in the platform. And I really cannot stress how ridiculous that mentality is. Oh yeah. Is. It's like, you know, things will never fundamentally change. So if they're broken and people are suffering, why would you not want it to change? You know, we're a country that has the resources to do that, and yet we never seem to utilize them correctly. You know, how can you pay for health care for all? Well, they just magically made a few trillion dollars and pumped it into, you know, businesses, into Wall Street. So we have the resources to do it, and we never do. And I think the same thing could be said about this film. Uh, do I think it is interesting to note, too, that Goring doesn't, you know, after he has to cannibalize uh, his roommate, when he goes to the next floor, he's kind of broken, right? Like he doesn't, he's done trying. He just goes into the system and he's doing what he has to. And his new roommate, the woman who interviewed him here, she's the one trying to make change, you know, and she's trying to convince the people below her to portion out the food because the people below, above her will not listen. So she's like, maybe I can convince them below me. She, she makes a portion of food for them every day and begs them to, to eat that and make another portion for the people below. And she does this for days and days and days and days and it never works. And finally, Goring goes over and he goes, listen, if you don't start eating the portions, I'm going to shit all over the food and smear it. And then you'll never get any food. So what do they do? They listen, right? So they finally start doing this. Everyone starts portion controlling going down. 
And, you know, he's like, there you go. I got them to listen. And she says, but you had to convince them. You threatened them. And it's kind of like, is that what it will take for us? Because at this point, the reason why we ended up here is because nobody wanted anything that was different. Because the different, the unknown is so scary, which is what happens in the platform. You know, this is the best system we have. It's also the only system we have, but it's the best system we have. So now we've seen that with the unknown comes very scary things. American lives are are being sacrificed due to a virus because we elected a man who doesn't believe in science. Like there's so many, so many problems that come with, uh, you know, trying to keep things the same. Do you think it was them keeping it the same or do you think it was the unknown? Like, because what what is Trump? He 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 campaigned on trying to be anti-establishment. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, he kind of is in a lot of ways. You know, he doesn't follow the textbook. The difference is, well, he right? Can't read it. He's not someone trying to help people. He's he's trying to further his own interests. You have elected a a very rich, selfish man who has been given everything he has and who wants to keep taking. You know, you're, you haven't elected a guy who actually cares about the people that, you know, are dying on the streets. So that that's the difference. Like, I understand what, like, how he was able to speak to people who feel like they've been forgotten. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't hold himself back. He speaks his mind, you know, and there is some truth to that, that he's not your typical politician. But at the end of the day, his interests are still not your own. You know, his interests are for billionaires and millionaires, people who are already rich and don't need help. And that's, he'll never change because there's no reason for him to change. He'd only be hurting himself. And I think a lot of uh, the fear of change, you know, is because you're told one thing. You're told that, um, you know, we can't do it. We can't, we can't give health care to all, even though they do it in, in England because we're too big. There's too many states. It won't work here. You know, it won't work here. It's not the same. But people will never give it a try. And that seems to be what happens in the movie as well, right? They're saying, oh, well, like, it won't work on the lower levels because you have so many people who are who are starving. There's no way they're going to just eat their portions. Exactly. How do you get everyone to fall in line and follow this and make it work? We can't. It just won't work here. So why even bother? You know, don't let it change. And especially when you have, especially when you have people who are on the higher levels who were on the lower levels. They're like, oh, well, I've been through so many bad things on the lower levels. Now is my time to take what I need. Yeah, that's what they say, right? They're like, they're like, oh, I struggled for a month. Now I get to enjoy myself. And they don't, they don't put into perspective that if they set the example of not doing that and eating just a little bit, when they go back to a lower level, there may be food for them that time. Yeah, and it seems like, unfortunately, it does take fear to to get them to to comply. And we see later on that Goring ends up with a new roommate, and with this new roommate, he takes things to an even more extreme level. Yeah, I mean, he's pushed, right? Like his, his roommate, the woman who interviewed him, they're put on an even lower floor, right? And she winds up uh, hanging herself and leaving herself there for him to cannibalize. And then you find out that she has, I think, cancer, right? And she's dying. Um, and I think you see this in the real world too, like, like John McCain, right? When he was dying, he kind of like fought against um, what he normally would have been seen to support, right? He fought against Trump and, and things like that. Because I think at the end of your life, you have nothing left to lose at that point. So you, maybe you want to go out doing the right thing. So she wanted to try to make a change in the whole. That's why she put herself here. Uh, and then Goring is forced to eat her because he has, you know, no other way of surviving. He's on a lower floor. And now he goes to the next floor next month and he's got this new roommate. 
And this guy, he's the one who decided to bring a rope with him. And he's like, listen, we're going to take this rope and the people above us, they'll help us out and they'll help us get up and we'll all be able to go to the top. Like, that's his idea. What a great idea. It's kind of, it reminds me a little bit of, uh, of trickle-down economics, right? Yeah, absolutely. Except what gets trickled down on this guy with, with his uh, short-sighted plan is literal shit. Like the people above, they're like, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll take you. We'll, we'll bring you up. And then just as he's about to get up there, the, the woman literally shits on his face. And he falls down. He's like, oh, what the hell? Blah, blah, blah. Well, he almost falls to his death, but Goring actually saves him. Oh, that's him right. Back. Goring does save him. You know, he could have let him fall. And the guy's like, well, we're on four or five, right? I think it was five. He's like, we're, ne- we're never going to get any closer to the top. Like, this is our one chance, you know? Like, we have to get there. You know what? Maybe it's less about trickle-down economics as being a short... Really, I made the comparison that because it's just something that's myopic, and it depends on uh, believing in the people who are above you class-wise. But de- depending on them to do the right thing and you find out that they won't, they'll keep all the good stuff for themselves. But really, this kind of reminded me uh, also of Bernie's situation. Uh, the last time we recorded our podcast, Bernie was still campaigning. Since then, he has suspended his campaign. He's still in the race. You could still vote for him, but he has suspended his campaign in order to uh, help the people recover from COVID and to help uh, help with the fight against COVID-19. Well, yeah, he's chosen not, you know, he has asked people not to go out and vote, you know, repeatedly. Please do not put your lives in danger. Don't go out and vote for me. Um, you know, he's, instead of accepting campaign funds, um, you know, because he, he had this huge grassroots campaign, which was uh, unheard of before, where he would not take any money from super PACs. And it was pe- everyday people like you and me giving him money. And he was able to do this um, really extremely well and really successfully. Uh, and he decided to, instead of taking those, that money for that, he was putting it towards COVID-19 response. So he, you know, I was someone who donated to him multiple times. He would send me emails saying, please donate to these relief efforts. Um, he would wow. stop talking about the campaign. He, you know, he didn't care about that anymore. Uh, and I think he realized that people were going to die, um, to vote for him in a, in a system that's already rigged in, against him. Um, and he chose to, you know, save lives by suspending his campaign efforts. And much like the guy who had a rope and kind of made it a little further up and was in with the with the higher level people and, and believed in them and was like, listen, we can all do this. He got shit in his face. That's what happened to Bernie uh, in 2016. And it's what's been happening throughout this entire race. Even, you know, press coverage has been making it so you don't even know how well he's doing. So people don't believe that he's electable. Yeah, that's it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like everyone's like, well, he's not electable, so I'm not going to vote for him. I like him. I like his policies, but he's not electable. So if everybody says that, of course, he's not electable. You know, it, it's like it's just like the system that never gets broken. It just it goes on and on and on. And another thing they said, you know, Bernie would never sink to the level of the people he was going against. You know, he refused to talk bad, bad about Joe Biden. You know, he because wouldn't Biden attack him the, because Biden is the only hope. Of, of honestly, because government. Bernie likes the guy. He, he's he's worked alongside him in the past. You know, they're all in, in the government. And he he doesn't want to hurt someone in their family. Like, it's just not who he is. You know, he'd rather talk policy and these people will attack him, you know, tooth and nail. Relentlessly. Uh, yeah. And that's something that Goring wouldn't do in this film, right? He didn't he didn't want to sink into that level. He wanted to, to talk it out. He wanted to do the right thing. And everybody around him was willing to kill him. 
But now we find out how both he and his roommate are radicalized because the plan becomes instead of forcing the people directly below you to take a healthy portion, they start riding the platform down and threatening everyone on the level to take a certain amount. And if they don't, they get beaten up, possibly killed, because unfortunately, people need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy. That's a Batman Begins quote from Ra's al Ghul. Always bring it back to Batman. Always. Yeah, I mean, they're on this platform and they're like the first 50 levels are not starving to death. They've been eating the last couple of days. We're going to ride it down. We're going to keep the food and we're going to make sure everyone below them gets food. You know, so that's what they do. They ride it down. They ride it down. They stop. You know, they have if they have to, they will hit them and attack them. But they keep people away from the platform until they get to the levels that need the food the most. And that kind of harkens to what's going on now with COVID-19 is that people are only staying indoors as much as they are, which some people could be doing a lot better to flatten the curve, but they're only staying indoors because they have to. Like if they kept every business open, bars, restaurants, parks and everything and just told people stay indoors, they wouldn't do it. Yeah, agree. I I mean, I think there's a really cool part in the movie where um, they get down to a certain level and Goring's roommate recognizes two of the guys, right? And they had helped him by helping him climb up um, on another level when he had been there. And he, he wants to give them food. And Goring's like, no, we can't. Like, we, we made a promise. We can't. It's almost like you can't, ex- you can't help your friends. You can't accept that super pack. Like, you have to follow what, what we're doing here because it's the right thing. You know, it doesn't matter if you like them or not. You know, just because, you know, they don't need it. We have to keep doing our plan. And it puts them in a really uncomfortable situation. Exactly. And so with this plan, they end up finding out from one of the one of the other guys on a on a on a lower level. He says that they're not going to succeed in doing what they need to do. They're really just uh, kind of putting a Band-Aid on a bullet hole here. Like, are they going to ride the platform down every single day? and have to monitor how much people are eating because at this point they're only controlling the people who are being victimized by the system. They're not changing the system at all. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like their intentions are good. It's going to save people for a day. You know, absolutely. The people at the lower levels are not going to starve to death, but you know, even if they did it every day for 30 days, there's going to come a point where they're not on that level five anymore. And what if they're on level 175 again? You know, they're not going to, yeah, they're not going to be able to do it and no one above them is going to do it. So it'll just keep going back to the way it was. Uh, I want to bring back the cookie analogy from last episode again, too. It's a great analogy. uh, Thank you so much. Uh, It's not 100% original. I got something like that uh, from from Facebook, but I've. That's fair. Everyone everyone likes cookies. I think we can all agree on it. Exactly. And this uh, quick question when you think of cookies, what cookie do you think of? Chocolate chip. I think of Oreo. Interesting. Interesting. I know, right? So uh, <laughs> so it seems to be here that you're always closer to becoming someone with less cookies than you are to becoming people with more cookies. They end up having to take the platform down. Since they're not able to get up, they have to keep taking it down. And that's a, you know, it's a lot easier, even though they're fighting the whole way. Um, I think they get to a point where uh, they meet a friend of, of Goran's roommate and he says, you know, it's not enough. You know, this is this is not this is not the, what you can do to change it. He's like, you need to send a message. Yes. What you need to do is you need to pick an exquisite piece of food, something beautiful, keep it intact, and have it ride all the way back to the top. 
so that they, they understand that, you know, you were able to stop people from eating that and that we won't follow their system anymore. And so that becomes their mission. As they go down, they end up seeing one guy who has a bunch of money. That was his item he brought. He brought like all of his money with him. And it's so funny because that money can't buy him shit, which seems to be the fear of a lot of the 1%. That if they're taxed equally or they end up in a socialist country, that all the money they've earned will mean nothing. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, Sorry, they, all the money weird. they've hoarded will mean nothing. <laughs> More uh, <laughs> accurate. Thank you. <laughs> now, up until this point, Goring believes that there are only 200 levels. That when he was at 171, he didn't even have a chance. Couldn't imagine anybody between you know 172 and 200 uh, trying to get food. But as they keep going down, they discover just how bad it is. There ends up being 333 levels total. 333 levels. Yeah, he, he tries to estimate how many levels he thought it was, and he's way off, like way off. And that's the case that, like, no matter how hard you work, this capitalist system, it, there is that dream of you possibly rising to the top. But some people, those people on those lower levels, they are never given a chance. And you don't realize how how deep the hole is that you can't dig yourself out of you know you, you give someone like that hope but is there really any hope for them ever climbing out i don't think there really is no and um the most hopeless individual who ends up being on level 333 is a child yeah and um goring's roommate the woman who had hanged herself had said to him children are not allowed here right they're, that's they're really really adamant you know the people in charge there's no children allowed in this in this area, um, so she was crazy. You know that lady's crazy. Her daughter is not here, uh, or son, not here. Like the child is not here. They, they do not do that. The system. That's one thing they will not do. And it turns out she's wrong, or lying. But I think I don't think she really. I think she really thought that they wouldn't do that. But there is a child here, so it goes to show. You know, you think the 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 system in charge here won't do certain things. They, they, they have a line they won't cross, but they do. They are willing to cross that line. And that is a line that we've seen our own system cross multiple times. Even in this example of COVID-19, where there are schools that are closed, some lower income families, uh, people who are at a worse socioeconomic level, some of those children depend on school in order to eat their meals. Certain people in the government have already said they're willing to sacrifice lives for the economy. You know, that's a that's a line that they will cross. And they think it's just the old lives. But as we're finding out, it's not that a lot of people are suffering from this pandemic right now. Yeah. I mean, you just you see this all over. the DNC would rather have Donald Trump for four more years and let a socialist into power. So they've stacked the cards against, you know, Bernie Sanders. Like you see this so many times just when you think, no, they won't do this to us. They they, they will think of the greater good. They don't. They always choose the lesser of two evils. Yeah, and people do suffer from these. That's why I find it so aggravating when people are just like, oh, I don't care about politics. I don't want to get involved in politics. How come we can't just let people's political views be their views? And it's because elections have real repercussions. People die. Like, that's that that's the case. We saw um, Charlottesville happened. A bunch of white supremacists felt emboldened because they were able to sympathize with the ideologies of Donald Trump. And there are people who died who were killed by Nazis on American soil. And that's just one example. Yeah, I mean, you could even look at COVID-19. They've said now that people uh, of color, you know, whether it's an immigrant, 
um, a black person, uh, native people of America, they, they've all been affected in a way that a lot of white people are not. And that's because of um, economic issues, the lack of health care. Uh, you know, I've heard that Detroit in particular is in a really bad uh, position right now. People, you know, are trying to stay indoors, but a lot of them can't afford to stay home from work and they're contracting COVID-19 and dying from it. Um, and, you know, and this is an issue that's affecting so, so many people. And yet we don't want to look at that bigger picture. That's not really brought up. You know, they don't really talk about that in the news. And that's why this whole hashtag alone together thing, while it has a nice sentiment, it's bullshit because the way that I'm alone is not the same way other people are. Yeah, alone. absolutely. It's, it's different for everyone. And that seems to happen a lot, that no matter how bad of a situation we're in, it's always a certain group of people who are disproportionately affected, and it's always worse for them. Always. You know, they never have that opportunity, the same opportunity as other people get. Now, speaking of opportunity, this little girl who is on floor 333, she doesn't have an opportunity at all. Like, a month goes by without any food, she'll probably die. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to me that she survived this long, but to be put on that last floor. I mean, you got to think anyone past like 120 is dying, right? Because Goring was on 171 or 175 and there was no food left. So how many people are dying, you know, on those floors below that? And I'm also wondering how many people are coming, are they putting in here every month? Because they're, you know, are they keeping these floors filled with two people every every month and all these people are dying? Yeah, I mean, after a certain level, it's going to be just a bunch of dead people. Like, they don't really even factor Yeah, unless you in. eat your, your roommate uh, or you just kill yourself or you die from starvation. Now, when Goring and Bahar make their way to level 333, they find that there's a child there. Someone that's not ever given a chance. And in this moment, their whole plan changes. Goring decides that he's going to take that one piece of delicious food, that awesome looking dessert, that cake, and he's going to feed it to the little girl who's on that level. Yeah, they, they, they've been able to save this one thing, the panna cotta. It's beautiful. It's in like a glass, you know, covering. They've saved it. They're, this is the last four, right? They're, they're going to be able to send this back up as the message. But Goring thinks back and he realizes, you know, showing that this little girl was on here is the message to the people above. You know, whether people, maybe the people out there don't even know that she's here. You know, somehow this was maybe the top, top people in charge knew and no one else. But this is the, this is the true message, not the food. You know, and uh, his roommate, Bahar, is... Is like no, we have to protect the food. You know, we have to, we have to send the message, and, I, and you know, Goring convinces him. No, we have to feed it to the girl so she can. Live and what a concept too, because I didn't think about it until you you just mentioned it. But as she's rising up, hopefully the other people in the pit would be able to see her and be like, "Oh wow, the whole time I was eating way too much. There was a child suffering because of my selfish yeah, actions." And, I mean, and children are what they're the purest form of of us, right? They're innocents. They're the ones that haven't really committed crimes or had the opportunity to, to live their lives. So I think that could put it into perspective for everybody, whether it's the chefs at the top or the people in each level, seeing this child and realizing, wow, like there's so much more here than we realized. Now, in your opinion, do you think that her message is going to change anything? Oh, that's, that's a hard one. I don't know. I, I don't I don't even know if it necessarily um, has to be a huge change. I think the fact that 
that they were able to see this will make everyone's, you know, it could be an individual level, you know, like I've heard you, when you protest, when you, when you go out into the streets and you, and you, and you riot even, um, sometimes it doesn't really get, the, get the message across because, you know, people, they, they don't want to re- respond to that, but by the concentrating on how you're doing it rather yes, than what you're saying. Yes, but individual conversations and, and talking to people and getting the message to them and changing their mind frame, you know, whether it's just you and someone you know and then they do it to the next person. That's, I think, the important way that we can change the world by educating the people around us and them spreading the message to someone else. I think for the viewer, we're supposed to get the message and it's supposed to mean that, listen, the system only works if we take care of each other. We have to change the system yes, fundamentally. Exactly. As for the people in the story who control the pit or the hole, I don't think that they're going to get it. They're going to be like, oh, well, you know, if we're seeing this as an allegory for capitalism, they're going to see this girl and be like, oh, well, if somebody from the worst level could rise all the way to the top, then the system works. Yeah, but you have to understand, right? The people at the top are only so powerful, right? They they control everyone below them. That's, I mean, think about our, our, our system here, right? The, like the Koch brothers or, you know, the people that run our government, they're only as powerful as long as they can keep people in line. Um, and, you know, I think, for example, Goreng's roommate, the woman who worked for them, she didn't believe that a child could be there. You know, she was literally working for them, sending people here, and she didn't know this was happening. So if if the people at the top that are still workers, you know, when, it, when that platform gets to the top, I don't think it's the people in charge. It's the, sh- the it's chefs. The chefs the people, yes, it, exactly. The they may say, whoa. You know, like, this is not okay. This is where we draw the line. And if everybody draws the line, those people at top will lose their power. That's a, that, that is interesting. That's a little more hopeful than the way I was looking at it. Uh, now, I also read into this as recognizing when it's time to let the next generation take over. Because we see at the very end, the platform descends below the last level. And it's kind of like just a, a huge blank empty space. And Goring wants to ride all the way back to the top with with this little girl. And uh, Trimagasi, who has been living in Goring's head as a hallucination, he takes him off and he's like, you're not yeah, the yeah, message. You'll dilute the message, message. right? Like you'll you'll destroy it. They need to just see this child. We'll see that uh, not just in this movie, but even in a more extreme way next week when we cover Snowpiercer, the movie, not to be confused with the TV series, which is going to be coming out, which should be awesome. Uh, But there is a similar theme of like, you have to make sacrifices even if you're not going to be the one to benefit from a better system, the next generation will be the ones to. And that's that's why you should do it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It's a, it's a great uh, explanation of, of the end of this film. Now, do you think that people are just naturally wired to to not care about others? Or do you think they are wired to have empathy? Because both this movie uh, and Snowpiercer next week, they share that same theme of people being fine with their station in life even if other people are suffering and they just go oh, like somebody else will take care of it. Somebody will donate to them. Social services, blah, I blah, think blah. people are wired for self-preservation, you know, and um, it's not necessarily that you don't have empathy, but I think there's an ignorance, uh, you know, the, the less, you know, the less you, you think about it, um, the less you care, 
or the less you know you you worry about it you know there's so many examples of this um you know we talked earlier about knowledge being so powerful for for people um you know i i would relate it to veganism for me you know it's like not really thinking about animal suffering always allowed me to keep eating meat and then once i really made the connection you know it's hard to go back and do it and i think people just you know as long as they're content they say to themselves uh, everyone's going to be okay. I mean, look at Parasite we reviewed last week. Um, when they got the driver fired, they said, I'm sure he found another job. He found a better job. You know, you convince yourself that everyone's going to be okay. But at the end of the day, you're really worried about yourself because that's self-preservation, right? You got to survive. It is It is a shame. If every person thinks that way, then an individual human might survive, but humanity will Yeah, not. absolutely. And I think that's why so many people are against socialism. They, they feel like they're going to lose what they have and they're not worried about other people getting the same thing, which is, you know, a real shame. It's just a shame that we can't come together for that. But it's not a shame that we watched this film. Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, this film um, managed to secure a Netflix deal by winning the People's Choice Award for Midnight Madness at the 2019 Toronto International Film Festival. So we see another international indie flick, just like Parasite, making its way uh, not necessarily to the top like uh, like Parasite did with Best Picture, but you know, making its way into the mainstream because there are people who have messages to to send out and and they're willing to create in this time and and get that message out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a cool sci-fi film. You know, it, it's it's a good film. I think it's it's interesting. And you know, there's a lot to pick apart. Um, it's available on Netflix, so it's really easy to watch. You know, you don't have to pay anything. If you have a Netflix account, I, I think everyone should give it a try. It's it's a short film. I think it's like an hour and a half, maybe. Um, so there's yeah. really no reason to, to give it a try. Absolutely. And aside from the message that we got from this film, the director actually said in an interview that his his message, moreover, was that humanity will have to move towards the fair distribution of wealth. Uh, with an exploration of the importance of individual initiative in driving political change that critiques both capitalism and socialist yeah, systems. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, he's saying these systems are not perfect, um, you know, but we need to we need to figure out, you know, how do we how do we give everyone the resources they need? And if we just keep accepting what we have, we can never do that. Absolutely. And it was so nice to see that uh, Goring ended up becoming the hero of his own story. I'm not even sure he had the book with him at the end because he kind of became his own Don Quixote. Now, that being said, I never read the book. I don't know if he ends up like becoming the big <laughs> hero of his, of his own story at the end, but Goring definitely Yeah, does. he does. You know, he, he sacrifices himself. He's probably going to die down on that basement floor, but uh, and he only had a month left to get out. He was going to get out and get what he wanted, and he, you know, for, for whatever reason, he chose to sacrifice himself to change the system. And that's the important thing. Not on your way out, like you mentioned John McCain. Don't wait until you're on your way out to make the changes that should have been made years ago. Yeah, he has his whole life ahead of him, and he still he still decides to do the right thing. And I think that's just something that we're all going to have to decide too. You know, do we make that decision? And, uh, you know, I've, I've been wrestling a lot, too. Like, oh, if a revolution did happen, like, you know, people always lose their lives. Would you be one of the people who's willing to lose their lose your life in that situation? It's, it's a hard decision. You know, man. you know, if you if you have those kind of viewpoints, you kind of put a target on your back. You know, the government watches you and 
you know, you can really shake things up for, for people. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard to say, I'm going to put my life on hold to make these changes. It, it really is because, you know, even, you know, us down here, we have so much to lose. You take a, f- a couple days off of work to go and protest even, you know, that's a couple of days of work. Yeah, you got arrested, you know, you got you to gotta pay to get out, you know, you, you could lose your job. There's so, there's so many repercussions. There really are. Um, you know, best thing that, that anybody can do is just make sure they're as educated as possible before making their decisions. Make sure that you know as much as you can about the system. Yeah, make sure you understand you're comprehending, you're doing critical thinking. Uh, if you're voting for a candidate, make sure that you understand their policies, not just who they are, you know, who they appear to be on a stage. Like really do your research and make sure that um, their record holds up, you know, that they're not just telling you something to get elected or get voted in and that they really believe in the message that they're giving you. Because at the end of the day, it's your life, not not really theirs, you know, that that is is in their hand they're, they're gonna be fine one way or another but you might not be those are very wise words and i'm just gonna leave off on those i think those are great uh ty thank you so much for coming back for another episode of the politipop podcast it's always great having you on yeah i was glad to be here thank you next week we're going to be reviewing snowpiercer which will be our second bong joon ho movie uh you can find that on netflix as well or, uh, you know, try and find it on whatever other streaming platforms you can. And they are making a a TV series out of it, too. So now's definitely the time to, to, to re-watch Snowpiercer. It's a really great movie. Uh, Chris Evans is in it as one of the leads. Uh, you know, so if you want to see Captain America topple the class system. It's also a comic book, so check out the comic book, too. Ooh, absolutely. That's great. Support art and create art. This is getting us through times. this quarantine, right? It absolutely is. Other people's creations. Uh, So speaking of other people's creations, we're going to ride out on another song this time. And I think it's very appropriate and fitting uh, to the theme of this film. It's called Rise. And it is a song by the Flowbots. It's from their albums called Fight With Tools. It's very applicable to this movie and to where we stand in our lives now on a social level and a political level as well. That being said, listeners... No matter what you watch, no matter what you're reading, no matter what kind of information or media you're taking in, keep learning, keep thinking, read between the lines, and we'll see you next week. Till then. So much pain we don't know how to be but angry feel infected like we got gangrene please don't let anybody try to change me me just me in the middle of a sea full of faces full of faces some laugh some salivate what's in your alleyway recycling bins or bullet cases it's not equal it's not fair we're different people but we're not scared we ain't never scared to pave a new path make a new street build a new bridge take Can you see by the dawn's early light? Free slaves running songs, words weren't right. Now a new day's coming, the few stays done. And while the many are handsome, your soul is alive, but they want it for ransom. The bass drumming is the anthem. We step to the heartbeats of our granddaughters and grandsons and rise together. We 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 And she uh, gets Goreng, and she's, I think she like stabs him a couple of times, 
She's got then, Gossi. Yeah, she, yeah, sorry. Uh, what did I say? Goring. <laughs> All right. She saves Goring. Sorry, do you want to play D&D at four? Or I don't care. Uh, fuck. Um, because I figure if it's at four, I'm only going to have like an hour and a half until I'm letting it burp out. But then, like, Ugh. later on in the night, excuse uh, me. Let me text you. So, you want to do five? Do you think we can? Yeah, why not? All right, let me just. He really, he wrote, uh, he wrote Mr. Booch pretty interesting. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck, Mr. Bouch. Oh, it's me, Mr. Bouch. Oh, Bernie Um, just, Bernie just endorsed Biden. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, is going into the outtakes. (sighs) It's not your fault. Fuck this world. (laughs) We'll put that in the outtakes too. They, um, is it racist that I don't know the roommate's name? No, because we didn't know the lady's name either. <laughs> uh, fuck. What's this movie called? The Platform. Was it Baharit? There's no picture of him. MDB is being a dickhole right now. Baharit. Okay. All right. All right. Ready? <laughs>